Welcome to Good and Decent, a podcast by Grotto Network. Season 2, Episode 3, New Beginnings. If you go to Grotto Network's YouTube page and sort the videos by oldest date, you'll see the first upload is called Capturing Beauty Along American Highways. It was produced by me, Josh Long, by the way, way back in 2017. Back then, Grotto Network was just beginning, and there was a lot of anxiety on the video team. We didn't have any content, and we didn't know where we were going to get it. One weekend, in the midst of all this contentless toil, I was a groomsman in my buddy Brett's wedding. I may have let a little of that anxiety spill out over late night drinks with one of the other groomsmen the night before the wedding. His name was Ian Shankster. I hadn't talked to him in several years, but had recently been admiring his Instagram account. Simply put, the pictures he takes are beautiful. When I asked him to explain how he gets so many fantastic images, he told me about how he was driving semi-trucks across the country now and how he literally just stops on the side of the road if he sees a subject he wants to capture. I took this conversation back to the Grotto offices the next Monday, and it wasn't long before we had a plan. I was to ride along with Ian on one of his next cross-country trips and document how he found beauty along the way. When I rolled up on Ian that morning, I was basically already recording. He was wearing a tank top and, as usual, a giant mustache. How long does it usually take to get on the road? Uh, about two hours, usually. In the winter, it's, I've been out here in negative five degrees. And I had to go sit in the truck, take breaks to warm up my hands so they weren't numb. And then the summer, it's hot. That's what you gotta do. What's it like today? Pretty warm. Nice breeze though. So yeah, on this vehicle loaded, I have probably between 60 and $100,000. Worth of uh, <laughs> cash? Straight cash. <laughs> Worth of trailers. Travel trailers, RVs. I'm looking up the third unit. Pulled onto the truck and then take him to Colorado. Is that a piss jug or a water jug? Water. I don't know what the other thing you're referring to is. seems like a, it's like a dirty old man job and full of rough characters. I don't feel like I fall into that category at all. It's uh, serving me not only my itch to travel and see the country, but also is affording me the opportunity to do that while paying off student loans. You can be driving uh, for up to eight hours at a time without stopping. And so 
find different ways to do it, but I'm not somebody that has to hear people talking. What about your own voice? Does it get like louder and louder and louder in your head as like the longer the trip goes? <laughs> um, I guess you can start to overthink things when you're on the road for so long, just you and your thoughts. And that's why I try to try to break it up either with a comedy podcast or maybe uh, uh, different styles of music. But, yeah, if you sit and think for too long, I feel like you start getting trapped in the cycles of your brain. When you're just sitting by yourself for so long, you can replay a lot of scenarios. And I've found that that's, that's a bad cycle. It's a lot better to plan for the future than focus on things that maybe went wrong in the past. So a few years back, I went through a divorce that really upended my world. I tend to think through a lot of those things. And not, I always try to not forget about the journey. everyone around me, they assume that for me to be happy, I should be married and have a family. And I just kind of wonder where that mindset originates and if they're right. Yeah, being out on the road and traveling has given me time to process the things I've been through and also move forward. day wore into the evening and I took a nap in there somewhere but Ian kept driving. We stopped around 11 p.m. in the middle of Iowa somewhere. We are both super hungry. We have avoided all restaurants for since about 11 o'clock this morning. I have a hunch that it's gonna be someplace nasty. <laughs> We went to sleep with greasy food in our stomachs, and we got coffee as soon as we woke up. Ian filled the tank back up with gas, and I settled in for another day of riding. We wouldn't reach our destination until way after dark today. And there's a truck over there that has a bunch of orange juice in the back of it. He tried to deliver it. It was the wrong flavor. So now he's just getting rid of it for free. All right, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. You need help carrying it? No, I, I know you're going to take more than one. I just want one. Oh. That's a lot of juice. Two, there you go. They're good with vodka, too. Thank you. Just doing curls. I don't have a lot of time just to work out. It kind of gets the blood flowing and keeps the drive going along. Curls for the girls? That is the main reason I do them. <laughs> <laughs> As the sun started to set on the second day, I suddenly realized I didn't have any video of Ian taking photos. We hadn't even really talked about photography. So in reaction to me bringing that up, as we entered Colorado, Ian pulled off the freeway onto a highway and then onto some county road. 
He continued to drive and kind of scan the horizon, and all of a sudden he saw something that made his face light up, and we pulled over. Ian had been working on a project he called hashtag the deterioration of the American farmstead, and this was a broken down barn. The picture he took and posted to Instagram of that barn was incredible. It's a barn on its knees. It's either being held down or lifted up by the weeds around it. And you can't see any other structures in the picture. Just this neglected wooden frame. It's melancholy and beautiful. That's what life is like. It's filled with sadness and heaviness and decay, and yet all the same time, there's beauty intermingled right with it. And that's my constant hope, is to be able to find that, show it to other people, and push to see, always see the beauty, even in the, even in the heaviness or the struggle. Sunsets, deteriorating barns. Um, there was a lot of times where it felt like everything lined up beyond my control. Ultimately, that's the hope for my whole life, that things line up beyond what I can control even. off into the sunset did you like feeling like you're in the cab of a truck for 10 minutes there yeah i can only imagine what it was like for you know 40 hours (laughs) it's interesting while i was editing that i was like i don't want this truck sound to play for too long that's boring and then i was like i was in that truck for like 50 hours yeah people listening can deal with like five seconds of truck noise (laughs) Do you start to just feel like your whole body's vibrating? Like, that's kind of how I felt. Like, it was just like <laughs> everything kind of shaking. Quick shout out to our director, Javi. Back then, he was our senior video producer. And I was really nervous that those parts with Ian talking, when you could hear him be like, and I paid <laughs> off my student loan. I was like, I got to cut around this. I got to find an audio solution to make it smooth. And Javi was like, no, that's what talking in a semi-truck sounds like so let's keep it with all the bumps of everyday life that was the the audio reflected that i thought (laughs) (laughs) well we're talking about new beginnings at grotto this month and a lot of times i i think we think of you know the gym or starting a workout routine or running routine or i'm going to start reading and it's this like quick start But what I really like about Ian is that this new beginning for him is like a soul-searching long process over the course of years, I think, here. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he seems to not need to rush to a solution. The truck driving mapped perfectly onto his goal of letting this process of growth just unfold naturally. 
And I, you know, all his reflections around like how nature decays and how nature has new growth, like seems like he's going through that in his soul, like seeing things, you know, metaphorically kind of decay and die and then seeing new life grow up in him. And I just, I think that's kind of, that's a better way to think of a new start than like clean slate. Today's the day I become the person who goes to the gym for one hour seven times a week. Seems a little more healthy or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we've probably both known friends who have been, I want to put this nicely, but like the rebound person, they get out of a relationship and <laughs> For they just someone kind else? Of rubber band right back into another. They rebound. You're talking about people who get out of relationships and they rebound quickly. Yeah, they just snap back in another relationship. Everyone around's like, that seems a little too quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it works out, so it's not all bad, right? But like yeah. something about what Ian's doing seems rare and more healthy in his approach to this whole relationship thing. Yeah, that's right. It's like acknowledging the the grief that comes from a relationship ending, and also the necessary like time to heal. Like we allow our physical body time to heal when we get injured. We need to allow our you know, souls to do that too, or hearts to do that too. So yeah. When I think of my people like in my life that I know that are doing new beginnings actively, yeah, you are at the top of that list for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, we teased it at the like post credits section of last episode, but you've moved on from South Bend, you're in a new place. So we're going to be doing these podcasts remotely with you from now on, which is fine. We already had done that. <laughs> we only did one in person and it was like, right, right as I was leaving, it was so sad. The pandemic so, trained us so up. Great. Yeah, yeah. When you are going into a big move, generally, how do you approach that mentally? Yeah, I think I have come to learn that um, most people are not great when it comes to transitions. Like if you are good at transitioning into a new phase of life, into a new home, into a new job, you have a superpower and you should help other people along the way. Because I think most of us, there's going to be, you know, big bumps along that transition journey. And I definitely feel like I'm kind of in the throes of that. So I moved to Philadelphia just a few days after the new year. It's my first time living in a big city, even though most people would consider this like a midsize or small city. But, you know, it's my first time like hearing cars honking outside my window and walking outside on a busy street. There's so many like differences to my life in kind of suburban Indiana. And not only that, but I'm kind of going through a transition in my own relationship. Uh, I was dating someone long distance. Now we're in the same city. And that has made, you know, that has kind of forced us to grow in different ways. Um, in really good ways. And then on top of that, I started a new job. So it's like, there really couldn't be more new beginnings. And I, I think I've done a couple of big moves in my 20s. And what I've learned is to just be really gentle with myself. One of my favorite mentors who we actually both know, um, she likes to say, go gently. This is Josh Nome's wife. Uh, you know, go gently, <laughs> go gently with yourself. Um, and with others. And that has been kind of a saving grace for me, like this idea of just giving myself grace, going gently. So I also try to look for like the little victories. Like, did I get out of the grocery store with everything I needed on my list 
like big win. Like you kind of, (laughs) you become like a toddler again, where like everything is super exciting. Like you, you know, if you took your first steps or if you stacked these blocks and like someone's there behind you being like, yay, you know, and you kind of have to become your own hype woman. Transitions, (laughs) transitions can kind of like rock us, you know, at a soul level. And I think just being really attentive to what you need when you come to a new place, what long distance support you need from your people that have known you, and then what kind of your, what do you need locally? Like, for me, it's just like, I need friends. So, you know, I reached out to this girl that I went to college with because I went to college near here. I knew she lives in Philly. And she and I haven't talked since like we were on campus when she was a year older than me. But, you know, because of this is one of the benefits of social media, but, you know, like I follow her on Instagram. I saw that she's here. And I am a very extroverted person, Josh, you know this. But like, it took a lot of courage to like slide into her DMs and be like, oh, do you live in Philly? Do you want to <laughs> hang out? Like, I felt so <laughs> awkward. I felt like I was back in like third grade at the lunch table, like trying to, there's just a Can lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to play with these blocks? Um <laughs> It's not exactly Ian's story, but I definitely resonated with parts of his journey. And I think I've eventually learned what he seems to kind of have figured out, which is slow is good. Taking it slow and letting it unfold is good. And I I, I really appreciate what he said right at the end about, you know, hopefully things line up beyond my control, beyond what I can control. And yeah. there's there's a kind of, you know, supernatural hope there. That's something that carries me through day to day, for sure. It strikes me that a lot of the new beginnings that we think about in a cliche are these type of New Year's resolution things. But sometimes, like with Ian, the new beginning is just thrust upon you. Like, it's not a choice. It's not, I want to get swole, so... So um, so I'm going to hit the gym. Yeah. And I, I just think that's really interesting. I think back to college, too, like, for me, graduating was one of those moments. Like, I wanted to just stay in college and be with my friends and take easy classes, you know? But I, society was telling me I got to move on. Right. Forced you out of there. Yeah. I wanted to just like land the best job I could right away, hit yeah. the ground running, you know, have a billion friends. But like, it just doesn't work like that. No. And we put so much pressure on on ourselves. I feel like That year after college, nobody tells you it's going to be like one of the hardest years of your life, I think. And I think it's a lot of it can just be because you, you kind of just like, there's like a cliff that just drops off. Like you've been kind of climbing, climbing, climbing towards something. And then it's like, boom, here's the rest of your life, you know, or someone once said to me, it's like you go from sprints to a marathon because you're sprinting towards sure. your high school graduation, sprinting towards college college graduation. You're sprinting towards finals week or getting this project or paper done, and then graduation happens, and it's like, oh, this is just the rest of the rest of my life is ahead of me. There there might not be a milestone, and that I yeah. think can be kind of startling too. You have to make your own milestones to celebrate, right? That's right. Little victories, yeah. Like, yeah. did I find my favorite, you know, coffee shop, or did I successfully like? make a meal in the crock pot that I could eat through the (laughs) week. Didn't (laughs) explode. Yeah. Um, That was edible from Monday to Thursday. (laughs) For me, it's like looking for little signs that that kind of confirm the steps along the way. Like, you know, when things do feel like they're falling into place, I think that can be 
a good sign to have hope in this part of the journey. And just to block out some time to give yourself a chance to consider these things thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. I don't mean just like an hour, but you know, setting up a dedicated... Listen, you don't have to be Ian and choose to truck drive so you got 10 hours a day every right, day to, to think, think about nothing yeah. but that. Yeah. But I think I think it's really important to be thoughtful about these big transitional things and eventually got to pull the trigger, but give your brain some time, you know? I like what you said, a dedicated time to just check in with yourself. I'm a journaler. A journaler. A journalist. No. A journal- oh my gosh. <laughs> this is like the time I said drummist. Anyway, I like to write in a journal. I like to do it about once a week. You know, it's funny because like a journal is kind of a weird thing. Like, who are you talking to? Are you talking to yourself? Are you ever going to go back and read it? But for me, it's just like a way to externally process, like get the thoughts out on paper. Another touch point for me is like, I go to church once a week. And when I'm there, it's it's kind of like my time to like decompress and think, okay, what has happened in my life since the last time I've sat in this pew? And I think that's just a very natural time to say, what's going on in my life? And what do I need to get through the week? You know, what am I thankful for from the last week? What did I do that kind of was a slip up that wasn't my best? And then what do I need out of the ne- next week? When I was on this trip with Ian, it was a road trip to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I cheated a little bit. I actually flew home from Colorado. (laughs) Left him with his truck and flew home. Yeah, I did leave him with the truck. I I got back to work quicker that way, but I also felt like I was abandoning him, of course. Mm -hmm. But when we were in Denver, I stayed overnight with an old friend of mine. And they introduced me to a friend of theirs named Jesse, who was in the middle of kind of a new beginning himself. He was thinking about moving back to Indiana, like northern country farm folk Indiana from inner city Denver. And it was just like a really hard decision and process for him too. I love that. I love that Ian's whole like philosophy of the journey, you know, and you trusting him with like one of the, the first story that Grotto, you know, that you had done for Grotto. And then going on that journey with him led you to your next story, which I'm sure in some way led you to the next one. And it's a nice, like, trust the process moment it is. for you, too, even though you just got on a plane. Jesse kind of carried the story from Colorado <laughs> back to Indiana. <laughs> he brought you back. He brought you back. Jesse made it so me abandoning Ian wasn't like a total loss. But I did shoot a story on Jesse. It took a little over a year to actually shoot the entire thing because he's in the process of this really long move. But I don't want to give too much away, Sarah. That's coming up next. Let's hear it. That's really the sound of a horse-drawn Amish buggy. It's a pretty common sound, actually, in Chipshawana, Indiana. And on this afternoon, we find Jesse Woodworth standing outside his garage, hovering over his black smoker. This is recycling at its finest. This is uh, mulberry from the fence row. 
that is now cooking our Christmas ham. <laughs> it was a gray, late, late autumn day, and Jesse and I were both bundled up with coats, hats, and gloves. And after shuffling the wood around in his smoker a little bit, Jesse started giving me a tour of his family farm. There's the main house, plus the garage, a large red barn, a silo, and several outbuildings. At the time of this recording, Jesse was still a Denver resident. His family had recently experienced a loss, and they were trying to figure out the legal side of what to do with their generations-old family farm. So to help fill in the gaps, Jesse was driving back and forth from Denver every few weeks. He told me that he wanted to move back to the farm full-time. He wanted to move into the old farmhouse. His brother Luke was to build a new house across the road, and they would jointly take over the family farm and split duties. Honestly, I was just in awe that he legitimately wanted to move to virtually unpopulated Shipshawana, Indiana, from the bustling, growing city of Denver, Colorado. I've struggled to explain this to people, but living on a farm and, and growing things and being outside every day for your job is just, I don't know, it's a different relationship to nature where I'm out in it all day. Why did I move to Colorado, like in the first place? Um, well, I always worked at a camp out there when I was in college. And also, obviously, I love the mountains. So it was pretty easy to just say, after college, let's go to the mountains. Denver's more of my community than Indiana is at this point. I have been living here for about 10 years. Since Jesse showed me what his daily grind on the farm would look like, it was only fair that he hosts me out in Denver as well. We had an amazing time. The first night, his friends grilled food and we played cornhole in the backyard. Whoa! Nice. Oh. Just look up. Ow! <laughs> the second night, we camped under the stars in the mountains. I'm gonna pack this stuff in there. Because I'm just gonna leave my bag up there. <laughs> And the third day, we spent rafting down the Colorado River. <laughs> I'm pulling you. <laughs> For me, it was transformative. For Jesse, it was just another weekend. This is what he was giving up. This is the family I've created on my own that I love and, you know, hang out with all the time. So they always knew that the farm in Indiana were something that was really important to me to be back there and, and do that. So I don't think they're surprised per se, but I think, you know, they're still then losing part of their community as well. I don't know. I think people are happy for me mostly, but then sad. Flashback from this scene in Denver, Jesse and his friends floating down the Colorado River in their bathing suits, to Jesse hanging out in the freezing cold Shipshawana barn. 
So what are we about to go do right now? Because I was confused. Like, it's not a tractor. It's yeah, so this is it's uh, our new combine that we just got, actually. So we did some work on it. We're just trying to get it started because it hasn't run for a couple weeks now. Who's we? All of us. Oh, my dad and my brother. <laughs> okay, so somebody's going to spray up in there. Want to turn it over? Yeah. All right. Probably will. Nothing? I can't. I mean, I hear it going, but I don't really see. I don't know if anybody came out at all. It's, I smell like. Ready to go? Yeah. My grandpa died just one year ago. So I had quit my job in Denver and already started working here. We came out here to visit his grandparents and I'll never forget because his grandpa was thought I was so cute because I have dimples, which is a big, big deal for him. That's Jesse's wife, Ari. As far as couples go, they are on the same exact page about this whole moving to the farm thing. I think success for Jesse and I is making it what we want it to be. It's growing our own food, um, finding a rhythm with farming where we where we farm, but also don't go crazy um, and, and outwork ourselves, run ourselves into the ground. If you define success in terms of, oh, it was always this dairy farm, and are you gonna continue dairy, and are you gonna continue doing all of these things and preserve it exactly how it has been for 200 years, we will not succeed. I think some people think that maybe that's letting down the tradition, but we think in a different way, this is really continuing it on into the times that we live in now. Having her obviously makes it 100% easier. She doesn't know anybody here, so we're kind of starting over, building a new community together. Before we even started dating, we both wanted to live on a farm. And always had envisioned having kids in space like that. I feel like that's meaningful to grow up with cousins around and lots of aunts and uncles and grandparents, which is something we just wouldn't have had in Denver. No kids yet, no. <laughs> Grotto Network is director Javi Zubi Zaretta, Senior Editor, Josh Nome. Senior Producer, Josh Long. Assignment Desk and Event Program Manager, Liz Colloran. Web Content Analyst, Michaela Douglas. Art Director, Becky Rogers. Associate Producer, Ben Cruz. Hey, that's me. Adrian Garalde is our Social Media Manager. Tara Kelly, Video Associate. Nick Guinea, Media Intern. Sarah Toms was a guest host. And Drew Malcolm was a contributing editor. Hey, it's Josh Long here. Real quick before we go out, I wanted to give both of our stories a little epilogue. Ian is now happily married to his new wife, Stacy. She's awesome. He is actually still taking pictures and still driving his truck. He's got better hours now. He doesn't have to drive to Colorado like on a weekday anymore. And he just likes it. And Jesse, well, 
just pulled up to uh, Jesse and Ari's. Lyndon? Come here, buddy. Hey. What's up, buddy? We're very excited to see you. Hi. Can you say hi? Say hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. I heard that. <laughs> because like the last thing you say in the piece is like no kids yet. So I was like, of course I got to go over there. <laughs> so anyway, you guys have kids now, it seems like. Sure we got some kids. We sure do. And it's everything you thought it would be. And more. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes less. <laughs> With her just screaming back there. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, Lyndon. No, that was perfect.